Hello and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Michael Corbin and I am joined as always by Emmanuel Pengus. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael, good evening. I'm well. How are you? Good, thanks. It's been a uh, That's good. been a big news a big week in rugby league. A lot of news happening, a lot of a lot of things going around and one team that is getting a lot of the headlines is the Bulldogs. Yeah, the Bulldogs are the big news story at the moment. They're anchored to the bottom of the ladder. They've had one win. Um, they are facing the prospect of their first wooden spoon um, since 2008, from memory. Yep. Um, and it is not looking good for them at the moment. There is a, there's quite a bit to discuss with them at the moment. Um, so the first bit of news that I think we should probably talk about straight off the bat is um, their two players, um, Corey Harawira Naira and um, Jaden Okabor, who have had their contracts reinstated by the NRL. Um, they had their registrations cancelled earlier in the year um, on the 1st of April over um, involvement in a pre-season incident involving schoolgirls they had met when they visited a school in Port Macquarie. Um, yeah, this is, this is a tricky one for the club. They basically have three options going forward um, from the appeals process. They've deregistered the players. So basically, um, what they can do now is reinstate the players at their own club. Um, they could keep the sacking in place, but they could face potential legal action from the players. Or um, the most likely looking option is that these players get moved on to other clubs. Uh, there are three clubs that seem to be interested. Um, the names have been the Warriors, uh, the Raiders, and the Dragons seem to be the names that have been mentioned. A tricky one. I don't. I never like this because the player does something wrong. The club wears the punishment. The player moves on. Um, I think of Ferguson, Dugan, Carney as examples of that. Um, it's never an easy process. What do you reckon, Corbs? Yeah, uh, I think the third option that you mentioned is most likely. Uh, Harrow Ira is a good football player. Uh, jury's still out on Jaden Ockenbohr. Uh So, yeah, I think Harrow Ira, who, uh, you know, I think what he did was wrong, but I think he was a bit misled at the time. Ockenbohr blatantly just knew what he was doing and did it anyway. Uh, I'm not defending Harawir and Ira, but I think he might have, you know, got off a bit harsh considering one player outright knew what he was doing and got the same punishment as another guy. Uh, but yeah, I think Harawir and Ira is definitely going to find a place in the NRL now that his contract is uh, has been reinstated. The Dogs, I can't see him going back to the Dogs. Their forward packs already, you know, pretty full anyway. Uh, and it's just going to be another disruption this season that they don't need. So, yeah, I I could see him moving on. Um, not much to talk to. He's he's going to help some team next year. He might even help a team this year. But I can't see any of those top eight teams really needing him. Maybe you said you said the Raiders, but you know, I, they're going to have Bateman coming back soon. I know Horsburgh's out for the season, but he's he might be a bench player for them. So I don't think he moves yeah. the needle too much this season. No, he doesn't. I mean, I think for him, like, so he's had a, he has faced a 10-match suspension, uh, one game to go, which means he could be back as early as the week after next round 11. For Ockenbohr, it's, it's 14 games. So 
because we've got about a month to go. Um, they both had financial punishments as well. Um, yeah, look, it could be like a handy pickup for a club, but you're picking up an out-of-form player that's been out of the corona bubble, so wouldn't have been training with the team. Um, uh, he could end up being a in just ending up in, in a top eight club that's going to need him later in the season. But I mean, it, it's a it's a risk, and it, it would probably be for one that's a bit strapped for depth. So you're probably looking maybe at a fringe top eight team or a bottom. Um, bottom of the top eight team that needs um, a player of his standard, I think. So, otherwise, the short season for him. But, yeah, interesting one. I'm surprised the NRL's come out and done this. But that is sort of a, a bit of a sideshow from the drama that is really engulfing Canterbury at the moment. They had that 26-8 loss to Brisbane on the weekend. Um, Dean Pay has really been in the firing line now for about a month. Um, we know he's playing with a roster that's underperformed. Is sorry, he's got a salary cap that is well under budget. He's got a team that lacks strike power. He was brought in to sort of bring pride back into the Bulldogs club as a former player. He really hasn't delivered on that these last few weeks. Um, as you were just saying off air, he he's just he's been disappointing, and now it looks like um, he's going to be sacked. I think I think he has been sacked. I think that's the news. Uh, we're recording this on the first part of this on Monday night. Uh, I think the news is he has been let. He he's either walking away or is being let go. That will happen very shortly. Uh, and the hot name that is going to take over him is Trent Barrett because of the uh, the attacking prowess that the Panthers have shown this year. I think Barrett is the one the name that keeps popping up because. They believe the Bulldogs board believe that he can reinvigorate the Bulldogs attack, which has been lackluster at best for the last two, three seasons. Uh, you said that, you know, I mentioned that uh, Dean Pay has been a bit, un, uh, he's underperformed the last couple of weeks. At the, at the end of last season, there was really good signs there. They strung together a couple of wins and team, players thought, uh, a lot of fans thought that this team could, you know, they wouldn't. They might not make the eight, but they'd be one of those teams that would be competing every week. And the last few weeks have been far from that. Uh, they have put in lackluster performance after lackluster performance. Uh, there's nothing in attack there. And what I've, I, I heard someone say that you know, Dean Pay, he 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 doesn't quite tick all the boxes as a head coach, and he's sat. He's dismissal as a coach at this time of the season does not surprise me. I think it's time to move on. Uh, and yeah, it's unfortunate. He was, he was stuck with a terrible roster and he kind of had a caretaker job for two years, but uh, that's how it, that's how it'll end for him. Unfortunately, he, he'll probably find an assistant role somewhere else in the NRL. Yeah. Look, I'm, I'm mixed on this one. I, for me, I, I'm struggling to the, – the talk is all about Trent Barrett, right? He has reinvigorated the attack at Penrith. It's obvious he's come back in this year. He was stuck at Manly last year with Hasler. Um, I'm not so convinced that Barrett is what they're looking for. I, I, I really don't know what they're looking for. They, they need a coach that, that can develop players, okay? But he has uh, – whoever's there has a $3 million war chest to work with. That's the promotion. Where are they going to buy these players from? Where They need – five good players they need they need they need to sort out their spine they need they need gun players they need some experience um their attack is clearly an issue 
And obviously bringing in a coach with attacking experience is great, but you need attacking players as well. I mean, attack can look great in a team that boasts Cleary and, and um, you know, a, a superstar backline and, and a powerful forward pack. But at the moment, you're not going to score points with a forward pack that's lacking direction and a backline that doesn't have any strike power. That sort of thing doesn't happen over light, overnight. The green shoots at Penrith have been developing for years. It's a team that's played together in the juniors. 15 of 17 players that played last weekend debuted at the club. Um, I, I just don't understand how Barrett is the solution to any of these problems. He's also, he had, he had a relatively good roster at Manly. He battled with it. He struggled with the internal politics at the club. It was going through a time where it was coming off a, coming off, um, a period of success. Um, there are a few grand finals there under Hasler and then one under Tuvi. Um, and there was factional uh, politics involved at Manly. And now he's going to the Bulldogs, where, which, which is heavily ridden by politics on all sides. Um, I don't know if he's cut out to handle that. I think the, diff, the one difference between the Bulldogs and Manly is the Bulldogs actually have a bit of money. Uh, and their, you know, their facilities are a bit more up to date than what Manly is, and I think that'll suit Barrett more. The reason why I think they want to rush this coaching decision, though, is because you know they've got all these players that they're approaching to try and recruit to their team next year. You said they have that three million dollar war chest. The one question that all these players keep on asking is, who's going to be the coach? So, you know, they have to sort that out soon. Otherwise, these players won't want to come there. And I think that they've been asking these players, you know, these are the possible candidates. Who would you like to coach? And Barrett's the name that keeps them popping up. So I think they've been doing their research and they know what, you know, the players that they're trying to recruit to the club want. And I think Barrett is, he, he might not be the best candidate for the job, but uh, with the, you know, uh, out of the coaches available, but uh, I, I think he's going to be able to help this Bulldogs team. It's, Honestly, there's only there's the only way is up at the moment. Their salary, their team has been, you know, as you said, they're overpaid, but the the team is overpaid, but it's not worth the money that they're being paid. So once you clear out a lot of that debt, which they a lot of those salaries, which they will do at the end of this season, it might it'll be a nice fresh start for them. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I still don't think Barrett's the best, the best man for the job, but I don't know. I actually don't know who he is. Um, Names I can think of, the former coaches that would probably be up there for the role uh, would be Jeff Toovey. Don't know if he'd want it. Neil Henry always gets thrown around as a name. I don't know why you'd want him as a coach. I don't think he's a good coach. I think he had Jonathan Thurston that made him look good. Wayne has been thrown around a lot. Uh, If you want someone that can sort of put club politics to a side and control a playing group, then he's probably the man to do that. Uh, he's got the experience there. He will attract it will attract a mould of player. I think what you're going to end up getting from um, Barrett is you're going to get a few players from Penrith that will come over to the Bulldogs. Um, but it sounds like Canterbury's problem is actually going to be trying to um, build their own talent. And unless they give Barrett a long-term contract that will enable him to do that, then I think Canterbury are going to have the same problem in a couple of years' time where they're going to sack a coach for a lack of on-field results. I think the, the problem is that they probably need a thorough clean-out. They've, they've had this at the moment, but the, there's not much coming through. Um, and I guess the hope with Barrett is he's, he's been at Penrith in that system. Um, 
I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sold that he's the best man for the job. When he went to Manly, I wasn't sold that he was the best man for the job there either. Um, I thought it was a strange choice. Um, he was a non-Manly man at a Manly club. Uh, and now you're going to have Barrett come to Canterbury. It's a non-Canterbury man at the Canterbury club. You look back at their coaches. Steve Folks, premiership winner, played for the Dogs. Phil Gould, premiership winner, played for the Dogs. Uh, Kevin Moore was a strong coach, played for the Dogs. Um, Chris Anderson won a premiership, played for the Dogs. It's, got, it's one of those clubs that really loves to develop their own um, and has one of their own coach them. So uh, the, player, uh, the coach I would actually be going after is Jim Dimmick, who was in line for the job um, amongst Dean Pay. He's an assistant coach at Gold Coast. Uh, he understands the club. He can handle the politics. He's probably who I'd be going after. I'd almost be taking a punt on a brand new coach rather than one that's got a 40% uh, win record in first grade. Yeah, I think you're being a bit harsh on Barrett. I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the manly situation was right for him from the get go. I know he had issues from the very, very start, and I would like to see him as a head coach somewhere else in the NRL. I think the Dogs is a good opportunity for him. Uh, the issue, the the main issue is they're going to have to pay overs to get players. That's the issue. So yeah. there, you, you're right. If he doesn't get a long term contract, then in two years' time they could be in the exact same position where they've had to pay a lot of money to get a lot of recruits and those recruits don't live up to the money that they're being paid. Uh, so that's, that's the big problem for the dogs. They need to know, they need to spend their money wisely and they haven't done that over the last few years. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I stand to be corrected on how Barrett will go, but I mean, these are my thoughts at the moment based on his track record, based on what I think Canterbury needs. So um, yeah. Fair enough. All right, there's a couple other incidents out of the weekend, some biosecurity uh, uh, instances that have been broken. Uh, young Staines on the wing for uh, for Panthers had an absolute cracker of a debut, four tries, uh, scored in front of his mates on every single one. They shifted around Cogger Oval to make sure, <laughs> that, make sure that they were in his corner whenever he was crossing. It was a great sign. But unfortunately, young kid, uh, you know, lack of experience, decided to hold a party the night after the uh, his debut, had 10 people over and is now suspended. Yeah, I love it. It's, it's such a great story. Like, it's just so exciting. Um, what a debut, one to absolutely remember. Um, but I loved the story that came out of the, um, the Forbes Hotel. Um, what was it called? The Forbes Post Office Hotel, uh, which was nearly left absolutely dry of alcohol um, <laughs> on the weekend. I think, I'm not sure if you can recall, Corbs, but I think the promise was um, for every try, there'd probably be a free round on um, the oh, exchange geez. score. The, there was going to be a, a, a round on um, the pub and uh, he scored four of them. So I think the Forbes Post Hotel is uh, out of business. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, uh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot uh, of alcohol. <laughs> I love it. And the great thing is that, you know, he scored four tries. Ikevalu on Thursday night scored five. And Ikevalu was nearly showed up for his great feat, um, breaking a 65-year-old record for the Roosters. So um, it's awesome. I, I love those. It was, it's, it's a randomly high-scoring game, that, that Penrith-Cronulla game. And... Um, rugby league can be very interesting when you get a game like that and you think, how do they score that many tries? And you have other games where it's like 8-2 or 10-4 or um, as we saw in on, on Sunday's game. So um, awesome stuff. 
absolutely awesome. Um, good on him. Congratulations. Um, and hopefully that's the end of the parties for the yeah, time I, being. I, I, think, I think you'll learn from that mistake. Uh, <laughs> bit of a learning curve for him, but uh, yeah, he'll, he'll come back. He had a lot of talent and, you know, he was, he was a name that was hyped up and he lived up to the hype in his first game. He'll be back. He'll, he'll, be, a, he'll yeah. be a perennial first grader for a long time to come. He has a 400% strike rate in the NRL. <laughs> yeah. Which is abs- absolutely awesome. All um, right. And the other big, big thing that came out today um, was the NRL player poll. Yeah. Um, this, this is actually, this is one of my favorite articles that comes out every year because it's the players who decide this. The, they vote, they've, they are, they poll 150 players. Some of them take it seriously. Some don't. So you get some, iffy results in there but it you know it gives you an understanding of what uh these each player's peers think about them so yeah go ahead yeah now let's listen to this team and tell me if there seems to be a bit of a theme going on here so the players team vote as voted per position at fullback james tedesco on the wings daniel tupo who was voted the top winger with brett morris in the centres, Joey Manu, who was voted the top centre with Josh Morris. At 5'8", Luke Keary. At half was Mitchell Pearce. Um, in the second... Uh, sorry, at lock was Tal Malolo. In the second row was Cordner and Kikau from Penrith. Props, uh, Fanua Blake was first, Papali was second, and the uh, hooker was, without a doubt, Cam Smith. Now, anything going on in that backline, Corbs? Uh... I'm pretty happy about this. It's all roosters. Uh, one to six is roosters. You got Boyd Corner at eleven, and uh, so each each uh, category, each position had a top five, and the only two positions that the roosters didn't poll in were hooker and halfback. Kyle Flanagan's obviously played 15 first grade games or whatever it is, and Jake Friend I think is a bit unlucky to not get a vote. So yeah, the roosters are very heavily represented in this team. The back line. Uh, especially, and yeah, I'm pretty happy about it. Yeah, they're even over the players' poll salary cap, so there you go. Um, best player in the NRL, James Tedesco. 49% of players believe that, and that's 150 votes. Last year, it was Cameron Smith, who only polled 9% this year. Uh, sign of the times, Corbs. Sign of yeah. the times. Yeah, uh, look, people have been saying Tedesco is the best player in the league for about over a year now uh, after that origin series last year where he carried New South Wales, uh, you know, he's, he, he's improved and I think it's deserved the, the big one, the hotly contested one was who was best coach, who would be voted best coach. And Craig Bellamy has lost the title. I think he's had it for the last four years. And yeah. yet again, it's another rooster. Trent Robinson is uh, the is has been voted the best coach in the NRL. Yeah, well, I mean, how did? I guess it's off the fact that you know last year Melbourne came came first in the minor premiership. They were runners up in the grand final the year before, but Robbo manages to get the job done. So um, outstanding results for the Roosters. Um, the other one they had, um, which I thought was very impressive was, well, firstly, they got the who will win the 2020 premiership apart from your team. Roosters got 46% for that. Um, but the, this one was interesting. If you had to leave your club, which team would you most want to sign with? 
Um, the results were Roosters 23%, Broncos 17 Storm 14 Knights 12 Seagulls 6 um, Less votes in this one. Um, for me, I think it... it I was going to say the Roosters are there because they're, they're a club that, you know, can make you into a good player, I think. Because I, I can't understand the logic for the Broncos being second. The other I thing do. I was thinking was... I, I think I think the Broncos one is you're, you're in the biggest market there is. You're going to get more yeah. third-party deals. Yeah, that's what, that's what I thought. That's what I was about to go with because Storm, Broncos, third-party deals. Um, Seagulls is interesting. I don't know if that's a, what, a desire to work under the mad scientist. Um, in Des Hasler, which I, I mean, I think he's a great coach. Um, obviously struggling a bit at the moment, but yeah, Roosters dominate this. Um, Harry Grant is the buy of the year, according to the players and the most impressive rookie. Um, I don't think you'll have many people doubting that one. I, I do have um, a doubt about that one. He's why? not a buy, he's a loan. <laughs> well, Does it count? Does it count? I don't know. I think, well, I, think second, I think second choice is also fair. Appy Coruscant has been fantastic for Panthers. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, it was just a, you know, trying to play devil's advocate there. He's not, he's not technically a buy, but it could very well turn out to be a buy. Well, if he signs with the Tigers for next year, would you consider it a buy then? Or yes. Could it, oh, well, there you go. All right. Well, Coruscant is an interesting one too because he obviously went back to Penrith this year, um, was with Barrett at Manly. So what will happen if he... Um, if Barrett coaches Canterbury, will Appy follow? Um, but yeah, really interesting poll. Um, most damaging tackler, Victor Radley. Hardest player to tackle, uh, Tamalolo. The biggest sledger, Josh Maguire. Um, no surprise. 30% of players, but only 66 votes. So I don't know if that was just ever running Queensland clubs um, going on there. But um, yeah, great poll. Very interesting. Um, so that's part one. And in part two of the player poll, um, no surprises here. The first question was, if you were starting up a new NRL team, who's the first player you'd sign? Uh, 19% said Teddy, then Tommy Turbo, Kalen Ponga, um, and Jason Tamalolo and Cleary were the top five. Um, Ponga was top last year, but I think Tedesco's stature in the game has definitely increased in that time, as we've seen amongst the other awards he's won. Uh, The team to beat... The top two, Brisbane and the Roosters. No surprises here. Wouldn't you agree, Corbs? Yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Well, one of them's really Not easy much. to beat at the moment, which probably yeah. helps. So Yeah. The <laughs> other one the other one gets all the, you know, all the all the media, all the headlines and everything like that. They're the most coveted. They're the ones that, you know, everyone loves to hate. So it makes sense. You get all you got everyone else who's not in Brisbane in Queensland who hates them. Uh, a lot of Sydney hates them. It makes sense. And uh, teams don't like teams who are good. So uh, that's why the Roosters are also up there. You know, people want to beat the best. They want to prove yeah. themselves against the best. So that's that's one of the reasons. Why, oh, that's the main reason why the Roosters are up there. Also, everyone thinks we cheat, which we don't. But that's for another day. Yeah. <laughs> Eels, Melbourne and South surround out the top five there. Um, now this is... So the next one is State of Origin. Who do you think will win this year? 2-1... Uh, to New South Wales is the expected result, which makes sense. I think it's New South Wales year. Um, And then a startling 62% of uh, respondents think that Luke Keary most deserves to make his state of origin debut in 2020. Completely agree. He was unlucky to miss it last year. He was injured. 
uh, had that concussion uh, concussion issue, uh, he would have had the spot last year. And based on his form over the back end of last year and the start of this year, how can you not put him in? He seems like he's ready for Origin. He's one of those players who just is so instinctual and can't wait to see him in that Origin arena. Yeah, and he's already shown this year that he's able to click with a with a halfback he, he hasn't been paired with for a long time. Um, what I think Flanagan plays a similar game to Cleary um, and you put um, Kiri alongside and compliments really well. Um, now, the, the next question is one I'm really keen for your thoughts on because I, I, it's, it comes up every year and I think this year is, is obviously different because of COVID-19. Um, but it's, do you believe that the NRL should introduce a standalone state of origin period in the middle of the season? 59% of the players said yes, 41% said no. Um, what are your thoughts, Corbs? I would love to know if you asked fans the exact same question, what they would say, because I am against this. And the reason is, I don't want there to be a three-week or a two-week period. Is it two weeks or three-week period where there's just one rugby league, uh, three rugby league games? It's not enough during the middle of winter when I don't want to go out. I don't want to have to face a cold. I want to stay home and watch footy. And if there's only three games on, I know you'd put other games in there, you know, a couple of tests between uh, the... the the Pacific Island team. Pacific Island, yeah. But, yeah, I I like how Origin is. I love a Wednesday night Origin game. Uh, I do like the one standalone game. But, yeah, I'm I'm against this. I understand why the players are, though, because uh, the players are for this, though, because, you know, it gives them more rest. Yeah, look, I, I'm mixed on this idea because, on one hand, if your team is going really well, this is a complete momentum killer. Um for it, it because um, I, I mean the disruptions momentum killer because you have a three week break everyone resets and if you had all this form before that break you might not have it after on the other hand if your team is doing really well um, all your players are going to be picked and you might struggle and limp through with like two of six wins in that origin period um, but I do really like the idea of the game breaking for this um, it's already the showpiece event I like the idea of of everyone talking about this, it already gets hype. Club footy gets forgotten. We, we we talk about this every year that you forget the games are on. The standard of the games isn't as great. So I really like it in that sense. I do like the fact that if you are a, a fringe team, you can really sort of, with the luck of the draw, make your way up the ladder. And everyone stops looking at the start of May, at the end of May, and then by the end of the July, you look at the ladder again, and, and it's being reshuffled and. Ironically, a team like the Warriors absolutely loves this time of year because they're usually the only team um, unaffected by origin. It's usually their best six-week period. Um, I, I actually really like the idea of the standalone season. I think the competition itself is too long at 26 rounds uh, and unfair in how it's chosen. All the big clubs seem to play each other for television ratings. Um, and then it's sort of luck of the draw about which easy teams you play. So... I would like to see a bit of an improvement in that space. I think it's gotten a bit better this year with a 20-round comp. So, yeah, I'm open to it, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I like your points. Next question on the player poll that I would like to... We're not going to go through all of them, but the next one that I really found interesting was, do you think there is enough talent in the NRL to cater for a 17th team? For the players, 83% of the players polled said yes. I don't know what competition they're watching, 
but they obviously think that they're part of the talent in the NRL because there are currently six teams in the competition that aren't interesting to watch. They're, they're not interesting. They can't win. They can't gel together. And I don't know where you pick another 17 players. Suppose you'd pick one off from each team to go to um, a 17th club. I, I don't think there's enough talent at the moment in the, in the competition to do it. I think you need, you're better off developing um, a bigger talent pool for the existing clubs than throwing in another club for commercial uh, reasons at this point. But what do you uh, think? I, I, I don't think there's enough talent in the NRL. Uh, yeah, there's there's not enough talent for a 17th team. I think the way the players see it is that there's just going to be more money. There's a 17th team. There's going to be an extra $9.6 million out there. It's not going to happen. Yeah. The TV deal is set. So the amount of money that each team will get will be less, I think. It might go up a little. It might it might stay the same. Right, it might go down a little bit, and you might not feel like the 9.6 divided equally around all, all the rest of the 16 teams. But I don't think it means it's going to be extra money in the league which I think yeah. is what the player's opinion is. So, yeah, I yeah, I don't think there's enough talent yeah. in the NRL. You see, you see players now who, you know, we question whether they should be first graders. The Bulldogs are a perfect example. Half that team, a lot of that team wouldn't make uh, a lot of the first grade sides in the NRL, especially the top sides. Uh, yeah. But I think yeah. even, even with the injuries at the moment to top eight teams, I mean, I'm thinking of Canberra and Souths in particular, they don't really have the depth to put in more first graders. I mean, the only side with real depth to cover injuries is the Roosters. Um, and I think just any side is, is so exposed. And like the more injuries you have, the, the less talented players you have to cover for it. Um, and I think in this sense, the NRL should hold the horses on a 17th team, which when it does come in, I think should be in Brisbane because I think it's, Ridiculous that Brisbane is a is a one market city after thirty two years. Yeah, there's it's a huge market there. They need to share the wealth between two teams. Uh, I would love to see it in Perth. There, they would be my preferred pick, to be honest, because I would love to. You know, it's the National Rugby League, but we played on the East Coast, so I would love to see Perth get a team. But it's a bit too soon, I think. But they are they are a destination that I would like to see the NRL head in in the future. Uh, the rest of the player polls, there's a lot of questions about the referees. Uh, you know, should the bunker be allowed to rule on forward passes, rate the referees' performances? Uh, do you like to run referee system? Uh, you can go. You guys can all go check that out. There's a lot of interesting stuff there. A lot of uh, interesting opinions by the players. Yeah, I like um, I like the question that players are so mixed on bunkers ruling on forward passes. Yes. 32%, only leading to tries, 31%, no, 37%. Uh, they're Very about even. as confused. They're as about as confused as everyone else. Um, I am a big fan of the five-minute sin bin idea. I do think that we should have more captain's challenges. They should have time limits. We should have less bunker interaction. Um, and I do think that the six again has been great for the game. I actually, Gus had a great uh, idea last, last night on 100% footy uh, in regards to the sin bin. Uh, if it's a you know a little one like a professional foul where you're holding a player down or something like what happened to Daly Cherry Evans on a couple of weekends ago, uh, if the opposition team scores while you're off the field, you come back on. So if they if you're in front of the post, they go kick a goal. Guess what? You come straight back on. It forces them to one play for a try so that you know you're playing 
uh, at a, for a longer period with less players on the field. And obviously, it's capped at 10 minutes. So I thought it was a great idea by Gus. Uh, I like the sound of it. it. Sounds pretty interesting. And yeah, uh, once once a team scores while you're uh, one man down, that's that's the uh, that's the advantage taken, I believe. Yeah, it's a great idea. It's a great ideas, man. <laughs> all right, Emmanuel, we've uh, we've hit all the news for the week. Should we preview round? What are we? Round nine? Round ten? Round ten. The halfway 10. mark of halfway. the season. Jesus. And it, and it begins with an absolutely cracking game, had it been injury-free, but still a big game. Grand final rematch, the Roosters and the Raiders. Uh, these two teams have not met since that fateful night in October um, where we all know how the result went down. Now, this is a big game for both teams because yeah. the, the Raiders are... In a little bit of a slide, they're currently sitting at seventh. They have inj- a mounting injury toll. Um, so they've got Josh Hodgson out, Bailey Simonson out. It's a massive injury list. Um, Havili and Rapana are starting in their places. Starling and Curtis Scott come onto the interchange. Um, Tarpane has been named to start at lock. For the Roosters, Brett Morris returns. Ryan Hall um, is off and Ikevalu has retained his spot after that sensational performance last week, which we mentioned earlier. Cordner is also back. Um, I'm tipping the Roosters. They're back at the SCG. It's a bit of a fortress. Um, I don't think Canberra have the legs to go through with this one. Yeah, I, I love the fact that this game is back at the SCG. Uh, last year, Latrell Mitchell outscored the opponents at the SCG last year. Not the team, Lashrod Mitchell himself. I know it was goal kicking, but it just shows you like how dominant the Roosters were at this stadium. Uh, the big round oval uh, confuses teams, and yeah, the the loss of Josh Hodgson for me is huge for Canberra. He organises their attack. He basically plays that Cameron Smith role, and he's basically their halfback from the dummy half spot. So, I yeah, think he long time, a, yeah, massive, Sorry, massive, long massive time. Loss. Yeah, long-time listener Adam, uh, massive Canberra fan, wrote in to say uh, it's the time for Whiten and Williams, the halves, to shine and control the team. I hope they can do that on Thursday night because they're going to need to shine bright like a diamond. Yeah, they're going to need to bring the arrow game. I've gone the Roosters. Uh, yeah, the Like I said, loss of Hodgson, they've lost Simonson, Horsburgh's still out. Bateman's still out. They're missing a lot of players from that grand final team and in a lot of key positions. So, yeah, Roosters for me. Yeah, Roosters for me too. Um, first game on Friday. This is an absolute, whatever the opposite of a blockbuster is. Uh, Storm and the Gold Coast up at the Sunshine Coast where Melbourne are based. Um, so, Munster returns uh, for Riley Jacks. Brandon Smith starts a prop. Felice Kafusi is back. And for the Titans, um, Kelly and Sammy return in the centres. And Bryce Cartwright and Sam Stone are out of the side. I'm going Melbourne. I, I don't think much more needs to be said. but Yeah, I'm going Melbourne as well. Uh, Titans coming off a win, but uh, the NRL.com tipping website actually allows you to put in a margin for this game. Uh, and I don't think I've ever gone a higher margin. I've gone 28. Yeah. Uh, 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be a blowout. I think Melbourne in Melbourne is going to be cold and wet. The tides aren't going to stand yeah. a chance. Well, sun, Sunshine Coast, Sunshine Coast. But yeah, yeah Melbourne at Melbourne. Oh, true. Yeah. I think will be way, way too strong. Um, yeah. I, having said that, I don't think the Titans have been like they had a, they had a good win last week. They've got players there that want to play. They're putting in effort. But I, I just think a, a Melbourne team that's coming off wins against. Uh, back-to-back wins against both of last year's grand finalists. They're, they're in the top four. Um, this is one you just expect them to get the points. Yeah, they're actually putting together, you know, they've they've been trying really hard. They've actually made a couple signings this season as well to bolster their forward pack for next year, signing Herman SASA from the Knights. You've got Tino coming from the Storm. So he's versing his new club. He's, he's versing his future club. So it could be an interesting matchup uh, in that regard. But yeah, Melbourne too strong for me. Yeah. Next game. This one is a interesting, interesting game. Tigers versus Broncos. Uh, Madge has swung the axe, and uh, again. Luke again. And <laughs> Luke Brooks finds himself in in uh, the if there was reserve grade, reserve grade. Oh, he's on the bench, but it's it's a it's a bizarre statement from. Uh, uh, it's very confusing. I don't know if he's just taken the opportunity because Josh Reynolds is. Um, out suspended for two weeks after his brain explosion against Campbell Graham. I don't know if he's just taken this opportunity to think, oh, well, Billy Walters has to come in, so I might as well partner Benji there just for a bit of stability. Um, yeah, unusual decision. I thought the Tigers were Tigers were very strange against South last week. They, um, you know, they were down eighteen nil and then they sort of fought back, but. Uh, Strange old game from them. I, I just think that South sort of um, gave up rather than the Tigers having a fight back. Yes. Um, I think it's one of the worst games I've seen the Tigers play all season. They just they weren't in it. Besides that Tiger uh, that Titans game where they you know just let them let them win late. I just there was no effort there, and that's one of the reasons why Luke Brooks has find himself on the bench is he missed nine tackles, and you can't have that in the NRL. So yeah, I I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, putting him to the bench, but who knows? Last time I criticised Madge uh, for benching Benji, they ended up winning three in a row. Yeah. Um, and then for, so Brisbane, uh, Ben Teo starts in the back row. Alex Glenn is injured and Offengawi is back from suspension. Brisbane, of course, got that historic win last week after and snapped the losing streak. Um Issue the issue for I'm Brisbane. In- the issue for Brisbane is Tessie News in a bit of doubt. Kirby Farnsworth is in a bit of doubt. They are really hoping to get Katoni Staggs back this week, but he has been ruled out. So their backline could yeah. be in a little bit of trouble. Um, I did really like Tavita Pangai at prop last week. I think that's his best position, and he was fantastic, even if it was against the Dogs. Um, but yeah, Alex Glenn is their captain. It's a bit of a loss for them. I don't think he's the greatest player on the planet, but. Uh, what he does for them leadership-wise is uh, going to be missed. Is a really tough one. Who are you picking? I think I'm going to go the Tigers. Leichhardt Oval. Uh, Benji's back in. Benji will want to put on a big performance. It's against the club he played with as well. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go the Tigers, to be honest. I, th- I think they're a better team. I'm not going to be falling into this Brisbane trap again. Um, I tipped them like three of those six losses. So um, they have to probably win three in a row for me to um, start tipping them. 
Yeah, this is the best team Brisbane's versed in the last three or four weeks, I think. So I'm I'm also going the Tigers. Uh, I, I, I considered the Broncos, but I'm sticking with the Tigers. Now, yeah. another interesting game. Bulldogs versus the Dragons. Uh, three yes. o'clock Saturday afternoon. Uh, last time these two met, the Bulldogs got their only win of the season. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think I tipped and the dogs having, in that game. I'm not tipping yeah, in this time. <laughs> yeah, I tipped, I tipped St. George in that game, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, I look, for me, uh, St. George, I think, are, are much improved since then. They're now sitting in 11th. Um, Canterbury still anchored to the bottom of the ladder. They were just not in it last week. Uh, Steve Georgialis, who I think was the, from memory, the interim coach at Penrith after um, they sacked Matthew Elliott, I think in 2011, 2012. Um, he's the interim coach here. There is a traditional bounce back when teams sack coach. Um, but I'm just looking and they've got Lachlan Lewis in the halves. Um, I don't know. St. George coming off a big win. They look a bit more together. There's a bit less stress. They've locked in their coach. It's it's got them rid of the distraction. Um, and I just think part of the mentality of, of sacking someone like Dean Pay is, well, the coach has taken the fall. We're getting a new coach next year. Who knows what this interim period's like? So I, I'm going St. George. Yeah, I'm going St. George as well. Uh, next game, 5.30 Sunday afternoon, uh, Friday, uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, this is actually a really interesting game. Knights versus... The bunnies, uh, yep, tough Fifth one, real, six. real tough game. I am, yeah. I have not been impressed by what I've seen from the Knights' attack the last couple of weeks. It has been boring and un- uninspiring. They have shown absolutely nothing. Kalen Ponga has gone missing, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, even without Latrell, I'm tipping Souths. Yeah, well. You do that, and I hope you're right, but I'm tipping Newcastle based on the, the... Only because we have so many players out. Alex Johnston has moved to fullback. Paulo is debuting on the wing. Gagai shifted back to the centres uh, for Corey Allen on the other wing. Um, Liam Knight is going to be out for about uh, three weeks, I think I read. But for me, there's just there's too many changes. There's not enough, enough depth coming off. Um, the Knights get a boost. They have um, Connor Watson coming back, which I, I think will help them off the interchange and give them a bit of spark. So, look, I'm going to go Newcastle. I, I, it's not convincing, and it's not because I think they're playing well. I just think that Souths might struggle a bit, um, which is a shame, I think, because this week they've got um, the Knights, and next week they've got Canberra, who they're sitting on either side on the ladder. And with Latrell there, I would lock them in for both games. But it, without that creative spark, it's just, it's not the same. So um, I'm going the Knights. Yeah, kind of wish I looked at the team list a bit more in depth for Souths. Uh, but I'm going to stick with it. Knights are still missing Daniel Saifidi, uh, who's suspended. And yeah, I've just, I haven't been impressed with them. Bradman Best has dropped off the planet the last couple of weeks and he, he's hurting my fantasy team. So as, you know, spite to him, I'm tipping the, the bunnies. Yeah, well, for those that were wondering, I did change my tip to Souths at the final whistle at the first at the final minute before kickoff last week, and I did end up on seven out of eight, and it ended up being Manly that cost me. But 
Anyway, we roll into the next game. 7.30, Lotto Land, Manly, Parramatta. Manly, what's going on there, Corbs? Uh, I don't know. Cherry Evans had a shocker on Sunday night. Um, just a lot of drops, which is uncharacteristic for him. I And I, I've loved what I've seen out of Parramatta. Their grittiness, their defense is so, so good. It is absolutely impressive. Uh, this one's an easy one for me, Parramatta, in an easy one, I think. Uh, Dylan Brown has looked incredible. Uh, taking over as uh, yeah. one of the lead playmakers, and Gufferson just keeps on doing what he does. Uh, despite that, you know that passage of play where two kicks went up and they went a solid minus five meters. Um, <laughs> it happens. It happens. It happens. It happens. You know. But yeah, I, I'm I'm sticking with Pen- uh, Para. I think their defense yeah, is too good, and Manly without Turbo has no attack. Yeah, Gutherson looked fantastic again last week. Um, he is in great form, and I think he would absolutely be loving that Tedesco gets all the attention. It's probably a really good place to be when your team's riding at the top of the ladder. Um, yep. Para will also be boosted by um, the contract extension of Reed Marnie, who they've re-signed today until the end of 2022. So yep. um, everything is looking blue and gold at Parramatta. Yeah, one one other thing as well. Nathan Brown uh, had a really good game and avoided doing something stupid to find himself on the sidelines. So good signs there. Yeah, it's a miracle. Um, Sunday, back to 2pm time slot, Central Coast Stadium, Warriors and the Sharks. Um, Cody Nicarima returns from a head knock. Um, Chanel Harris-Tavita um, makes way for him. And Katoa returns from an ankle injury in the back row. Um, for Cronulla, Muatalo is back from a knee injury, uh, displacing Nani McDonald. For Feeder, is out with his hamstring again. Scott Sorensen and Connor Tracy are the new faces on the bench for Cronulla. Mike, who you got? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't. Both teams. Both teams weren't great on the weekend. I'm going. I'm going the Sharks because I think they've just got a bit more talent. Uh, you can put a line through them, though, for a premiership uh, contender. They lost. Uh, they've got 50 put on them. So they're done for the season. Uh, but, yeah, I'm tipping Cronulla in this one. Yeah, I'm reluctantly going Cronulla. I mean, it was a pretty poor effort from them last week, I thought. I know they're up against a good team, but I think the Warriors had an even poorer effort against a lackluster team. So... Um, Cronulla for mine as well in a game that I will definitely not watch. Yeah, probably. Um, final game of the rounds, a team I absolutely love watching at the moment, Penrith, up against the Cowboys, who were in it for about 20 minutes last week against the Roosters before falling off um, the rails. Faray returns um, with Naden moving to the wing um, in the place of Charlie Staines, who we spoke about earlier, um, who will probably be having the longest recovery session from a party ever. Um, Holmes is out for two months. That's huge for the Cowboys. He's meant to be yep. their star recruit. Um, big blow for them. So O'Neill returns on the wing. Um, Dunn replaces Drinkwater. And they've got this player, Arcee, who's on debut. Um, for me, it's Penrith. I think Penrith are going to absolutely charge this second half. Cowboys are going to fall away. Yeah. 
Yeah, it honestly wouldn't surprise me if uh, Panthers put up another 50-point performance. Uh, Drinkwater not injured, I don't think, or is he injured? Because he had an absolute shocker against the Roosters. He dropped about four clean balls. Uh, and, yeah, I'm not yeah, sure whether but... it was his performance or he's injured, but <clears throat> either way, he probably yeah, didn't think... deserve to be in the squad after what he did last week. Um yeah, Penrith are just, they're so clinical at the moment. They're, they're another team whose defense is just phenomenal and firing on all cylinders, and their attack looks very, very, very potent. You know, not everyone can put up 56 points in a game. So, yeah, yeah I'm, that's great. To, I'm really enjoying watching them at the moment. I'm, um, yeah, Eels, Panthers, Storm, Roosters, the top four. Um, and I think those teams are well ahead of all the others. At yeah. this point in time. So, for this week, we've gone both picked Roosters over the Raiders, uh, Storm to beat the Titans, Tigers to beat the Broncos, St. George to beat Canterbury. We've, we're split on Souths and Newcastle. Um, you've gone Souths and I've gone the Knights. What a bizarro world it is. And then, <laughs> How does that um, sound? <laughs> put, yeah, I know, right? We've both um, locked in Para to beat Manly at Brookie. Cronulla to beat the Warriors and Penrith um, over the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. And that will bring us to halfway through the comp, which means next week we will do a review. Um, The other thing I wanted to mention was, don't forget for anyone listening, please follow us on Instagram at HowGoodIsRugbyLeague. We're, of course, available. You can slide into our DMs or email us, HowGoodIsRugbyLeague at gmail.com. Yeah, love the love the support. Maxi Evans keeps on keeps on sending us huge posts. Uh, replied to a lot of the player uh, player poll stuff, which is fantastic. Um, so yeah, uh, you meant you, yeah. you 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 send us an email or you you comment on something that we put on Insta. We'll give you a shout out. It's that simple. Yeah, I uh, love the support, guys. And you know, that's... absolutely. And and we now have a celebrity follower. And I'm not talking about your dad. I'm talking about Andrew Webster. <laughs> Andrew Webster um, from the Sydney Morning Herald, great writer who's now following us. So um, very exciting week for us in that respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Corbs, I think that's all we've got time for. I think that is. And Emmanuel, can't finish it off without this. How good is Rugby League? How good is Rugby League? Thanks, Michael. Thanks, guys. <laughs>